Hey folks, this is Joe Russiello, host of the Sword of the Spirit podcast on Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So what are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started. Hey folks, this is Joe Russiello, host of the Sword of the Spirit podcast on Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So what are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started. Pre-millennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Ruciello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know folks, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace of and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Thursday night edition of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Uh, we've been studying over the last couple of Thursday nights the book of Second Thessalonians. And uh, believe it or not, we're already in the final chapter of that. And we're going to be getting into that study in just a few minutes. So before we do that, uh, would you please go over and visit us on our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And then once you get over there, why don't you go over to our contact section, and like I always ask, you know, send us off a message. I'm really happy. We got a, we got a few emails uh, over the course of the week and some folks sending in prayer requests, so I appreciate that, and we're going to add those to our prayer list today. Uh, and then we'll get to more detailed prayer list on Sunday like we have been. Uh, also, while you're over on our website... Uh, would you go over to our Support This Podcast button? And if the Lord's leading you to do it, and if this podcast has been a blessing to you in any way, uh, would you please consider supporting us? Uh, it's a monthly contribution, and it will all go to helping to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What we're looking to do is to purchase Bibles. We're looking to purchase other things that we could send out and give away and... Uh, Folks, we need your help to do that. So you can set up a monthly contribution for $0.99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. So pray about that, and if the Lord leads you to do it, I really would be very thankful for it. And also, uh, if you can't do a, a monthly recurring contribution, there's also another button on the website now called Waygiver. Waygiver is a Christian organization Similar, I guess you could say, to like a crowdfunding uh, website, similar to like a GoFundMe or something like that. So uh, you could 
uh, anonymously give any amount you like uh, as a one-time contribution. And so pray about that as well. However the Lord leads you to do it, we would really, really be thankful for it. And of course, I'm also always, always thankful to every one of you who prayerfully support us uh, daily, weekly, monthly, however it is that you do, or whenever we come to mind. Uh, Your prayers mean so much to us, and uh, it's a tremendous blessing to know that there are folks out there praying for us. Uh, We also want to say thank you to those who financially support us, and of course to every single one of you who tune in faithfully, uh, episode after episode, show after live show after live show. Uh, you guys are really a tremendous blessing to me, and I'm very thankful uh, that the Lord has given me this opportunity uh, to have a ministry like this. It's, it's an amazing thing. And uh, because of you and because of, uh, of the folks that have already been uh, uh, praying for us and financially supporting this, we've been able to expand our reach uh, to other platforms as well. And uh, now we're on another one. Uh, we just got the notification that we're now part of a, a platform that's based out of India, which is a huge opportunity to get the gospel to the folks out there. So to the folks listening on Geo7, uh, welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and thank you for your support, and thank you for your prayers, and thank you for listening. Uh, so uh, really, it's just a lot of things going on, a lot of things swirling around us over here. Uh, so, uh, coming up tomorrow, if you are in the Eagle Pass area, uh, Maverick Nursing and Rehabilitation is going to be hosting a, a cookout fundraiser uh, for future events and programs. So, all the all the money that they, they gather for that will be going toward those things. And uh, Maverick Nursing and Rehab is located at 3106 Bob Rogers Drive uh, for 10 bucks. Just 10 bucks. You get steaks, sausage, all the trimmings, something to drink, and you get to meet a bunch of really great people. So come on out, Maverick Nursing and Rehabilitation, 3106 Bob Rogers Drive, for our fundraiser cookout. And uh, it'll be a blessing uh, to have you come on out there. Also, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and uh, you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-preaching church, would you please consider visiting us over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m. Worship service begins at 11. 6 p.m. is our Sunday evening service. And then we have our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. For more information, you could always visit the church's Facebook page. Just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and once you get over there, of course, as always, you'll find some great information. The folks that uh, that run the page do a really fantastic job, and uh, you'll also find episodes of this podcast. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, we're on um, now 16, I believe, 16 or 17 platforms, and... Um, the latest edition is the Geo7, and we're very, very, very proud and very thankful to have them on board. So, folks, wherever it is that you're listening, be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is so, so very important. Um, just a few announcements before we get into the prayer requests. Um, so we have started our live broadcast. Obviously, you're listening. Uh, so, uh, Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, Thursday at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Eastern, and on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Central, 4 Eastern, on availability. So, I'm not going to do uh, a show if we don't have a guest to, uh, to be involved with it. Um, I know we did one on this past Saturday, that's only because... I had been advertising and promoting it, and uh, due to a schedule change, like I explained already, um, we weren't able to have the guest on, but um, we will be having guests coming up very shortly. We're in the process of confirming a few, and uh, once we get those locked in, I'll let you guys know. Uh, so you could also listen to the uh, live broadcast on our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Uh, there's a Spreaker player right there on the page. So some of you might be listening on that right now, so you already know. Uh, those of you listening on the Spreaker player uh, on the Spreaker website, uh, you can also get us on our own website as well. Uh, and of course, 
after the live broadcasts, the uh, shows will be uploaded uh, as soon as possible to all of our podcasting platforms. All right. Uh, let's see what else. And, oh, s- folks, don't forget, sign up for the programming announcements on the uh, subscription box that's on our website. Uh, just scroll down uh, to the near the bottom. You're going to see a subscription box. Just fill that out and uh, get on our mailing list so we can send you all of the email updates for the programming, schedule changes, and whatnot. You're not going to get spammed. I know I told you this already, but I'm going to keep on telling you. Um, uh, you're not going to get spammed. You're not going to get anything you're not, you didn't ask for. And uh, so just sign up for that programming announcements in the subscription box. Now, some of you listening may have gotten emails from me that you didn't ask for already. That's my fault, and I apologize for that. I had uh, uploaded my contact list into the email uh, generator, and um, I didn't intend to do that, but I did it, and it was too late by the time I realized it. So it's been pretty much corrected. Uh, and if you are still getting the emails, if you didn't want it, just hit unsubscribe and, uh, you know, God will forgive you for it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's, uh, let's move on down to our prayer requests. As usual, our prayer requests, um, we always like to start off with, uh, folks that are in, looking for or in need of salvation. And, uh, let me just get some tea before we get into that. I told you last time, um, green tea, some honey, and some lime. Oh, hits the spot. Hits the spot. All right. So, uh, so we're still praying for my mom, uh, my sister, my granddaughter, and uh, David in New York for their salvation. All right. So let's just keep them in prayer. Um, we're still praying, of course, for Pastor Martin. Uh, for his health concerns, uh, for my mom, uh, for his sister Bernice in our church, Alan uh, with uh, prostate cancer, uh, Kehlani. We're praying for uh, George for his uh, contract bids. I haven't gotten an update on that. I'm going to check with him shortly, and we'll see how we're doing with that. We're also praying for Robert down on the border uh, serving with the National Guard and uh, Reverend Kurt up in Massachusetts. And... Um, I received a couple of uh, emails, so we're going to add John W. to our prayer list. John uh, has informed me that he has COVID, and uh, he's not doing horribly with it, but he's very uncomfortable, so we're going to pray for John with COVID. Uh, Someone uh, sent an email with a job opportunity. I saw that. Where do they put it? Matthew, Matt Walls, is uh, asking for prayer for a job opportunity that he has. he's waiting on words for. Then uh, Melissa is asking for prayer. She's pregnant, so that's a wonderful thing. And so she's asking for prayers on that. Uh, Kathleen, Kathleen is asking for prayers on a legal issue. And then we have Dan, who has an unspoken prayer request. Okay, so folks, again, if you have any prayer requests, you can always email that to us uh, through the website on our contact form, or you can uh, just email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for all the love and the mercy, the grace that you've shown us. Father, we pray for those that are on our prayer list for uh, their salvation. Father, that's the most important thing that can be on our prayer list. So, Lord, we lift up those that are in need of salvation tonight. Father, we also want to pray for those that are on our sick list, uh, particularly when I pray for uh, Bernice and for her cancer treatments and Alan and his cancer treatment. Lord, we also want to lift up uh, John, uh, who's uh, fighting with COVID. Lord, we want to lift up um, Melissa, who's pregnant, Lord, and what a blessing that is. We're thankful for that. And Father, we also want to just continue to pray for those others that are on our sick list as well. We just lift them up to you, Lord. We ask you to touch them, bring a healing to their body, bring comfort where comfort is needed. Lord, uh, bring wisdom where wisdom is needed. And Lord, we just pray that you would just deliver them from whatever illnesses they have that are setting them back. Father, we also want to pray for those uh, with with business concerns. We think of George for uh, for the bids for his business. Lord, we pray for um, 
Uh, we pray for Kathleen for her legal issue that she's dealing with. Uh, we pray for Matt Walls for the job opportunity that uh, he's waiting on word for. And then, Lord, of course, we want to pray for Dan and all the others that have unspoken prayer requests, Lord. You know what those are. We ask you, Heavenly Father, just to bless them in their pursuit of answered prayer from you. Father, we pray that you would uh, answer all of our prayers, everything that we have put before you this evening, and we'll thank you for it if you answer according to your perfect will. And we'll thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, folks, again, if you have any prayer request whatsoever, you could just email that to us at info at sortofthespiritpodcast.com. So, uh, folks, I just want to tell you that um, I've been using this app called Good Pods, and I've mentioned to you before. Uh, if you don't have a Good Pods account, you really should get one. Good Pods is an up-and-coming uh, podcasting platform. Uh, they have a tremendous amount of content already. Uh, they're expanding every day. It's a really, it's a great platform. I enjoy it. I listen to it. It's probably my go-to. Used to use Spotify quite a bit, but uh, Good Pods is becoming my go-to. So, uh, if you don't have one, get one, and make sure that when you get one, get an account. You follow us there first. Okay. All right. Also, just want to remind you that coming up in November. Uh, we will be launching the Mighty Righty podcast, and it will be hosted by yours truly. And it will be mostly a news commentary and political talk show uh, that, um, you know, we're going to do the best we can to bring you quality uh, over the quantity. So, folks, uh, just keep your eyes open for that. All right. Uh, with all that out of the way, how about this? How about we take a short break, give you a chance to go get your Bibles, your King James Bible, Get yourself your coffee, your tea, your bottle of water, whatever it is that you need. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into today's Bible study on 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And we'll close out this, uh, this series in, in 1 and 2 Thessalonians before we move on to the next part in 1 Timothy. All right, folks. So with that said, we will be right back. See you in a minute. This book contains the mind of God the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. All right, folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and uh, I've been looking forward to, uh, to getting into this, into this chapter. It's not a complex chapter. A lot of it's kind of, uh, you know, common sense, routine kind of things. Uh, but um, it just brings to close this, this wonderful book of Second Thessalonians, and uh, well, actually both books, First and Second Thessalonians. Uh, so if you would just grab your Bible, let's get over to second Thessalonians and turn over to chapter three, second Thessalonians and chapter number three. And, uh, we'll get into this in just a second. Heavenly father, 
uh, we just want to thank you for this opportunity tonight to uh, just come before the throne of grace. And Father, we just thank you so much for these wonderful books that we've been studying over these last few weeks. And Father, we just pray that uh, you would just give me the words to speak, Lord, and and uh, help me not to fumble too much over my words. And Father, we just ask that you would just use this message as a blessing to someone out there that's listening. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, so Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Now, First and Second Thessalonians, which, like I said, we are bringing into a conclusion uh, tonight. Uh, Paul has basically saturated these letters uh, to these new believers with an amazing amount of Bible prophecy, which when you stop to think about it at first, it makes you wonder a little bit, you know, why would Paul talk to new believers about, you know, Bible prophecy? Traditionally, uh, and this was, you know, when I got, when I first got saved, this was kind of, you know, alluded to, to me myself, and that is, you know, uh, a lot of times Christians are led to believe that, you know, when you first get saved, you're not ready to to really receive Bible prophecy until you've had a, a good foundation laid under you. You know, but the simple fact that Paul uh, packed these two books to these new believers with so much prophecy leads me to believe that, and you know, that Paul didn't really necessarily believe that himself. I mean, these are clearly new believers, and he talks about the first advent of Jesus Christ. He talks about the second advent of Jesus Christ. You know, he refers a little bit to the millennial kingdom. Uh, He talks quite a bit about the rapture. You know, uh, this is all eschatology. You know, this is all prophecy stuff. You know, and that shows me something. That shows me that it's important for new believers to get a vision of the future. Amen? And, uh, and, And folks, the future is not tied to this world. It's not tied to this world. It's important for new believers to leapfrog beyond that idea uh, and and leapfrog beyond the idea that that this world is it. And, uh, you know, and the worldly philosophy, you know, of, you know, hell is on this earth and heaven is on this earth and all that mess. You know, that's just a big lie. It's a big fat lie. So people do benefit from grasping some of these things. But it's not enough just to know about that. Paul periodically digresses to some real practical Christianity, you know, just everyday living kind of stuff. And that's pretty much what the concluding chapter of Second Thessalonians is. It's just kind of, you know, down to earth, routine duty kind of things. You know what, you know what wears people down? Think about it. Do you know what really wears people down? You know, it's not the moments of excitement or exhilaration. Or, or even moments of despondency. What wears people down is just the, you know, just the routine duty. Routine duty. And we covered some of that when we studied 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5. But routine duty. You know, every morning, getting up, stumbling to the coffee make, maker. You know, you eat your oatmeal. You go to work. You know, that kind of thing. It's just routine duty. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. Right? So let's get into the chapter here. Chapter 3, verse 1. Chapter 3 and verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us. Now, isn't it fascinating that the the great Apostle Paul, I mean, arguably the greatest Christian that ever lived, is asking for people to pray for him. You know, that just tells me that you'll never rise to the plateau of spirituality where you don't need folks praying for you. Some of the best things that church members have ever said to me was, I'm praying for you. You know, I don't take that lightly. I say, thank the Lord. When I was serving as an AP back in a church in New York City, one of the older men in the church, he's in heaven now, uh, but one of the, the older, this older man in the church, you know, he would, anytime he would see me, he would make it a point to come over to me and say, hey, pastor, I'm praying for you. Or pastor, I prayed for you this week. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. You know, Paul had a deep appreciation for folks that prayed for him. And you don't just have to pray for your pastor. You need to pray for each other as well. That's part of what the body of Christ does. We pray for each other. We try to help each other. So he says, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. Well, the Thessalonians had been very receptive to the word of God. 
as he noted back in the first book. Now he's saying, now here's the real heartbeat of my prayer. It's wherever the word is that we're preaching, that'll be received. We're just praying for receiving ears. And I'll be honest with you, I could, I could mimic that prayer today. I, I really could say, and I do say, amen to that. Do you know what we're concerned about? Especially in doing what we're doing here, a, a Bible teaching podcast? We're praying that we'd find receiving ears to the Word of God and some receiving hearts. Verse 2. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. No, really, <laughs> really. I mean, you've probably observed that, in, you know, in modern, contemporary America, haven't you? Some are unreasonable. Some are wicked. Not all have faith. Now, isn't it interesting that unreasonableness and wickedness is connected to lack of faith? The more faith you have, the less wicked you become, and the more reasonable you become. It's a balance. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans says. So the more we invest ourselves in the word of God, the more faith we have, the more reasonable we become. Now, just how many of the ladies listening that are married are married to an unreasonable man, right? Now, I'm not unreasonable. Okay, I'm just going to say that. I'm not unreasonable. Well, the best way to get beyond unreasonableness is faith. Faith. Verse 3. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. So the best deterrent to evil that we have, the best shield we have against evil is the Lord. Now, everywhere you look, America is ensconced in evil. Amen? I mean, evil abounds. When you stop to think about that, again, it's a ratio thing. The less of the Lord, the more the evil. More of the Lord, the less of the evil. Satan has made sure that in America, I would say especially in the last 15, 20 years, that the Lord is going to be dismissed at every conceivable and possible opportunity. Let's get the Lord out of the equation. You know, get the Lord out of the school system. Get the Lord out of the justice system. Get the Lord out of your government. And then you know what happens? Well, that creates a vacuum. When the Lord leaves, a vacuum is left behind and evil just fills it up. And there we are. And reasonableness kind of just goes down that trail too. I don't know, truthfully, I don't know that flipping the House and the Senate this coming November will lessen the wickedness. I hope it will. But even just reasonable common sense would be refreshing, wouldn't it? Think about it. Verse 4. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you, that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. So Paul said, you know, I laid out a list of things that you should do, that you should observe, and that you should pay attention to. So do it. You know, I've had people come to me over the years and say, you know, I have this problem. What do you think I should do? I would say, okay, well, then here's, here's what I think you should do. Based on whatever the problem is, it's Philippians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 2. Here's what the scriptures tell you to do. You know, me telling them what to do is very ineffectual. It's what God says that really matters, doesn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it what God says that really matters? Well, here's what God says you should do. Okay, you line them out. Here's what God says. Now go do it. Two weeks later... Hey, I need to come and talk to you again. You know, things just aren't working out. Well, did you, did you do what I showed you to do in the scriptures? Well, no, no, I, I haven't gotten to that yet. Well, then I don't know what else I can tell you. I can't help you. You know what I'm saying? Do what God says you should do, and God will help you out with the whole thing. He will. He'll help you out with the whole thing. Verse 5. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God, and into the patient waiting for Christ. So one more time here, Paul gives this parting shot to the Thessalonians about waiting for Christ. Now that has to do with the rapture. Do you know what we're doing? We're waiting patiently for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Does your patience get a little thin once in a while? Mine does. I mean, I, I, I am absolutely ready to blow this popsicle stand. I really am. I have to admit it. I, I mean, you know, that word patiently is inserted there with this huge exclamation mark, if you know what I mean. Because I'm sure, I'm sure preachers were telling their churches 200 years ago, you know, the Lord's coming soon. The Lord's coming soon. I'm sure they were. Because the return of Jesus Christ was always on the platform of imminency. But we're patiently waiting. Patience. Tribulation worketh patience. Not many Christians like that verse. I know I don't. All right, verse 6. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. Well, that's kind of harsh, don't you think? That doesn't really sound like a, you know, a loving, caring, coping, sharing kind of Christianity. God says, withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us. Whatever that tradition was. Well, now we're, gonna, we're about to learn what Paul is defining as disorderly. Now, this is really sobering. Look at verse 7. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us, for we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. Paul said, we behaved ourselves when we were there with you, in your midst, working with you. And you would expect that, wouldn't you? I mean, the great apostle Paul, he's not going to be misbehaved. But if you look at it carefully, he must be specifically targeting something. Verse 8, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an ensample unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. That is the disorderliness that he's talking about. There were some leeches hanging around the church that wanted to eat but didn't want to work. Now, God never said that you had to work until you die, okay? Some of you listening are like me, retired, okay? I retired from my first career when I was working for New York City. Um, I retired. And then I moved down here to Texas, and I started my second career uh, in what I'm doing in my secular job. But if, if you're retired, and if you retired from whatever it is that you made your living, there's still something you could do. There's still something you can do. I mean, you may not be able to put up sheetrock. You may not be able to do some of the things that you used to do, but there's something you can do. You know, one of the great things about retirement is that you can invest more time in the things of the Lord. But he's talking about able-bodied people who should work, who could work, but won't work. And he says, that's disorderly. Now, I'm not a huge fan of Bill O'Reilly, okay? But I put up with him once in a while. And sometimes he comes up with some pretty good and interesting facts. Um, but... You know, guys like Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity, they drive me nuts because they continually interrupt people. If they would just let the people that they're interviewing talk, you know, the liberals, they'll demonstrate their own ignorance. You know, it'll come flowing right out of their mouths. But these guys are so anxious to be heard. I mean, just let the liberal talk. <laughs> you know, he'll demonstrate his own insanity in no time. But, you know, but having said that, and I'm not sure why I did, but I did. Um, I was listening to something that Bill O'Reilly was on a few days ago, and you know he was talking about welfare. And uh, those of you know, I'm from New York City. I was born and raised in New York City. I got saved in a church in New York City. Uh, I served in a church in New York City. Uh, so I, I kind of know what he's talking about. Um, and I'll give you another example in, in a minute. But... Um, 
I was listening to something that Bill O'Reilly was, was on, and he was talking about welfare and how much New York City pays out in welfare. Did you know that New York City, according to their state uh, public welfare finance report that's online, you can find it, uh, New York City pays out over $1.3 billion a year in welfare. That's billion with a B, okay? And that's just New York City, okay? And almost $3 billion in just food stamps. $3 billion. And of course, you know, New York City is billions of dollars in debt. And you know who pays for all of that, don't you? Well, it's not just the New Yorkers. It's you and I. Our federal taxes also go to support this gigantic program. And a great deal of that program has evolved because of people refusing to work. And I know that sounds harsh. I know that sounds cold. I, 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 under, I understand that. But you have to be careful about handouts. You have to be careful about that stuff. You know, turn with me over to Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29. And... I can tell you, one of the my previous career working for New York City, I was working, I was involved with a program that that took people that were on public assistance and put them to work for, I think, if I remember right, it was six months out of the year, in order for them to maintain benefits and so on and so forth. And I'm going to tell you honestly, um, we would get a hundred, maybe 150 people coming through every couple of months for training. And, you know, I would say that the majority of them really didn't want to be there. They really didn't want to work. There were quite a few though, who did, who were interested in what we were offering and took advantage of all the opportunities and had gone on and, and, you know, learned a a marketable skill and went out into the workforce and, you know, and, and did really well. And that's great. That's great. But a majority really didn't want to be there and would do everything they possibly could to get us to release them from the program so they can go back and, and uh, not have to work. You know, so I, I, I know from some experience in this. All right, uh, Proverbs 29. Now, Proverbs 29, I can show you plenty of verses in your Bible that say Christians are supposed to be compassionate. You know, they're supposed to be concerned for the poor. And there's no question about that whatsoever, Okay. Proverbs 29, there's no question that there are many occasions where the believer is commanded to be considerate and compassionate to the poor and the less fortunate. We accept that. However, God puts this qualifier in there that sure makes a lot of sense, and it really helps you figure a lot of things out. Proverbs chapter 29, and look at verse 7. Proverbs 29, verse 7, the righteous Considereth the cause of the poor, but the wicked regardeth not to know it. The wicked don't care why the guy's poor. They just say, well, you know, we're a compassionate people and a compassionate society, so, you know, we're just going to have to throw money at all the poor. Well, that's not biblical. That's not biblical. The Bible says consider the cause of the poor. Consider the cause of the poor. Now, some causes are legitimate. Amen? Some are. I mean, no question about it. But some are not. So it's up to us to be discerning as to what is and what isn't. You know, I went, I went to the store the other day, and I went to the checkout, and the checkout lady asked me if I wanted to uh, round up my bill. I think it was like 19 cents or something for some charity. I wanted to say something, but I didn't, I didn't because I didn't think she would understand, and I didn't want to offend her. You know, I, I would much rather have tried to reach her. So I said, yeah, okay, go go ahead. But I really wanted to say no. So, well, you don't like giving the charity? No, it's not the issue. Because I don't know if that charity that they're collecting for is considering the cause. Do you see what I'm, do you see what I'm saying? Do they consider the cause? We're under a biblical mandate to consider the cause. So now I have to repent of 19 cents, you know, because I didn't consider the cause. Uh, <laughs> when I was up in New York, um, there were some churches in the community that were getting really tired of being 
constantly bombarded by people looking for handouts. Hey, can you help me out? I can't pay my utility bill. I, I need gas money to go to the hospital because I'm dying. You know, all that stuff. And honestly, you hear it all the time, especially in a bigger city. You get it a lot more. Um, uh, there were some people that got together and said, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start an organization. And I wish I could remember the name of the organization, but I don't. But um, what they did is they distributed money and, and other things that people needed when they needed help, and they came. And what they did was enable churches to refer folks to that organization. And they had a program in place. They had questionnaires, background checks, you know, just to make sure that these people were legit and not a pack of lies, which they almost always are. You know, one time, one of the men from my church had gone to get gas at Costco in, in Staten Island, and uh, a guy came up to him and asked him for some money. And he said that uh, you know his family was stuck in their car and they needed they, they needed gas and so uh, the guy from the church offered to buy him a can of gas and the guy said no no if you just give me the money that would that would help. Well, two weeks later, the same guy from the church went to the mall with his family, and that same guy that hit him up for gas money was in the parking lot at the mall asking for gas money. The same story. He didn't even bother to change it, you know? And I think if I remember right, he said he, he ran into that guy three times, same story, three times. So, so what would happen is people like that would get referred to this organization. And, um, well, I remember one time, uh, at, at my church, uh, this guy came in and, and, you know, got to, uh, our senior pastor and myself. And, you know, he said to us, he goes, uh, you know, I go to church faithfully in South Carolina and uh, our senior pastor said, really? Well, what's the name of the church? And he goes, oh, I, I can't remember the name of the church. So then uh, our senior pastor asked him, he goes, uh, what's the, well, what's the name of your pastor? I, I don't remember the name of the pastor either. So I said, well, I'll tell you what. You get me the name of the church and the name of your pastor and his phone number, and I'll call him and I'll check out your story. Man, that guy turned around and he left a, a dust cloud behind him walking out that door. He was gone. He was gone. Consider the cause. Consider the cause. So Paul, on other occasions, admonished God's people to be concerned and compassionate for the poor. The Bible's filled with that stuff, but there's balance. A false balance is an abomination unto the Lord. A just weight is his delight. So consider the cause. Now, the government really doesn't have the capacity to do that. You know, you just walk in, you sign up, you're good to go. But do you know what organization, more than any other, has the capacity to do that? A local church. A local church. In that community, dealing with those circumstances, you know, that person that the guy from our church dealt with, he was a community nuisance because he was out there doing the same thing, same story, week after week. So a local church is probably better equipped to minister to those kinds of real, legitimate needs more than anyone else. More than anyone else. And in absolute politically incorrectness, Paul says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Wow. Right? Wow. All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and we're going to take a short break here. When we come back, we'll continue on and pick it up in verse number 10. We'll be right back.
Hey folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and we are continuing our study in 2 Thessalonians, the final chapter, chapter 3. All right, so uh, we were talking about uh, Paul's politically incorrectness, and, you know, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. I mean, that's, that's tough, but it's true. Verse 10, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. And then Paul reminds them that uh, he was in their midst. He worked manual labor, not because he was compelled to or he had to, but because he wanted to set an example. Look with me over in 1 Timothy. Next book over, 1 Timothy and chapter number 5. Uh, it's the same Paul who said, you know, we worked manual labor among you that, that said this, First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. So it's the same Paul that said, I rolled up my sleeves and went to work in the midst of you because, you know, Paul obviously, obviously identified almost instantly this problem. People that just didn't want to work. He said, I'm going to be a good example to you. You know, our, our pilgrim forefathers came to America and they landed on Plymouth Rock and started that first community there. They had a notion, and, and, and exactly how they developed it, I don't know, but they had a notion of what you and I would call socialism. For the first three years of that community, they experimented with it, and the socialistic idea of it was that they were all going to go out, they were all going to plant their crops, they were all going to work, and they were all going to distribute equally. The problem is they distributed it equally, but they didn't work equally. That was a problem. So after three years of it, you know what they did? They said, forget this. <laughs> you know, this just isn't working out at all. So what they ended up doing was they gave a parcel of land allocated to each family, and they said, you work it or not. It's up to you. Then they began to see the virtue and benefit of working their own land and growing their own crops. And then they had the ability to not only live off that land, but to trade and to barter and to start to develop an actual economy because everyone was working. Everyone was working. So that's a biblical principle. God, before the fall, before sin entered into the equation, God put Adam to work, didn't he? He said, you dress the garden. Now, if you've ever dressed a garden, you know that's work. That's work. And that's what was going on. All right, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and let's go to verse 11. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 11. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. So busybodies are people that have too much time on their hands. Okay, a busybody is someone who interferes with other people's business. You know, they're, they're just nosy, okay? nosy. So Paul says, I hear that some of you are busybodies. Verse 12. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. Plainest words possible, shut up and go to work. But ye brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Now here's the verse. Now here's the verse. You know what will wear you out? Routine duty. That's what wears you out more than anything else, just routine duty. And you get weary in well-doing, and certainly in the Lord's work. That's true. That's very true. Verse 14, And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man, and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. Now, this isn't church discipline, like we find over in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. That's not what this is at all. Uh, this is just Paul saying, look, the people that are busybodies, the people that are deadbeats, just kind of avoid them. You know, don't get polluted by this bad mentality, this bad thought process. Just avoid them. Maybe they'll get ashamed and shape up. You never know. Uh, verse 15, yet count him not as an enemy, 
but admonish him as a brother. So if someone is heading in the wrong direction, do your best to redirect them. Do your best to redirect them. Verse 16, now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. The salutation of Paul with mine own hand, which is the token in which is the token in every epistle, so I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Paul is long on grace. Every single epistle he wrote, every one of them, features some mention of grace, grace, grace. You know, you and I are here by virtue of grace. We're saved by virtue of grace. We're going to heaven because of God's grace. And Paul absolutely cannot help but mention it. He's long on grace. And thank God for that. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Like I said, it's not really a heavy chapter, but, you know, there are some chapters in your Bible that just defy comment because they're so self-explanatory. Well, folks, thanks so much for tuning in. Next week, we'll be getting into the book of 1 Timothy and chapter 1. And uh, until we meet again, may God bless you, may God keep you, and may God take care of you. Take care, everybody. been listening to the sword of the spirit podcast if you have any questions or comments visit our website at sword of the spirit podcast.com and send us a message or email us directly at info at sword of the spirit podcast.com until next time god bless you and good day well that's about it really the film ends mainly visually